Boyle with you on this Friday afternoon, live just after 5 o'clock. And we normally don't do the show on Fridays, as you well know, but we decided today, in light of the events of the last 24 hours, it'll be worth getting your opinion on the disaster that was last night in Dublin. And not only the disaster that was last night in Dublin, but as we speak, we must think of a five-year-old child who's fighting for her life in a Dublin hospital somewhere. And also a school teacher or creche worker who's also in se- has a serious injury. Three other people were injured as well in a random knife attack in Dublin, as you well know, yesterday. That was the start of this 24 hours. A tragedy unfolded in our city, something that we'd never seen before. The first time in history we've ever seen an attempted mass murder, essentially. But what happened afterwards? What happened afterwards should have been a peaceful protest because people felt anger. And I understand why people feel that anger. There is no doubt that there is anger and there's been anger simmering for months and months and months in this country about everything, about the housing crisis, about immigration, about housing accommodation, healthcare, everything. Anger has been simmering. And anger is not a good thing. But the government caused that anger in the first place. But that doesn't And I mean that does not give anybody an excuse to behave the way people behaved last night. Let's just have a quick look at these videos. Nah, lies, this is not the fucking poor guardie. This is actually unreal. Nah, lads, when the guardies don't get seriously injured, this is... And also, of course, we ended up with this horrible, horrible picture of Dublin. And I'll just show you that picture there now, which was featured burning cars, burning buses and a burning Lewis, which was featured on most news networks around the world. And Leo Varadkar was right when he said it was a shame. We had shame Dublin. And if you look and listen to the images or look at the images there a few minutes ago, you will notice, of course, that most of them had balaclavas on them. They've been accused of being the far right. But let's be clear about this. They're not far anything. They're scumbags. Anybody who behaves in such manner is a scumbag. You're all entitled to peacefully protest for whatever reason you feel necessary. That's the constitutional right to peaceful assembly. And that would have been ideal in a situation if people had to walk down in a vigil to remember and to talk about the injured and those who are fighting for their lives because of that attack yesterday. But not to burn buses, loot shops, stealing runners from Foot Locker is not a protest against the government. Stealing runners from Foot Locker is stealing. It's theft. It's criminality. Burning a Lewis or burning a bus or burning a Garda car or attacking members of Angarda Shikana is apparent. And I watched one Garda last night who got isolated on his own. And a group of these thugs, typical cowards with their balaclavas on them, shouting and roaring and throwing things at him, kicking him, punching him. I felt so sorry for him. I said, no wonder there's nobody in the guards. No wonder nobody wants to join. I wouldn't want to join the guards if that's the, that's the risk I put my life in every single night. Those men and women of the riot squad, the fire department, the ambulance service, all went out tonight and left their families behind last night and went that left their families behind to face that. 
This is what Leo Varadkar had to say, and now I'll come to some of your calls. To all those cowardly champions of Ireland who took to the streets of Dublin last night, let me say one thing. Ask your sisters, ask your friends, ask everyone you know what they fear most on our streets. They're afraid of you, afraid of your anger and your rage, afraid of your violence, your hate, and how you blame others for your problems. As a government, we will be relentless in protecting our citizens and defending our people. The Guardi will be on the streets in large numbers and will do whatever it takes to fight back waves of ignorance and criminality. The Minister for Justice will coordinate with the Commissioner to ensure we never witness such terrible scenes as the 23rd of November 2023 ever again. Well, that's the only time, the one and only time, I'll agree with Leo Varadkar. I didn't agree with what he went on to talk about, which was the implementation of hate speech laws, which I'll come to in a few minutes. And I don't know why we're now using this as some sort of political football, with Sinn Féin now calling for the resignation and no confidence in the Minister for Justice. They expect there could be more riots tonight, and they're now importing water cannons from the PSNI in Northern Ireland. And I hope not, and I would urge anybody who is interested in going into the city to protest to not get involved in that kind of activity. Let's go to some of your calls. I want to just get your reaction to the last 24 hours. And let's once again not forget the reason we should be talking about this today. We should be talking about the tragedy yesterday. We should be talking about how we hope those who are injured and badly injured recover and have a full recovery. We should be talking about the trauma those five and six-year-olds, all of them in that little classroom who come out of the class to go across, I believe, to the Garden of Remembrance before they'd be picked up for their parents by their parents later on, how traumatic that must have been for them and how they'll remember that for the rest of their lives. That's what we should be talking about. But instead, our papers are covered in pictures of Dublin basically on fire. We want to get your thoughts. The number, as usual, 85 85 122.55. Let me go to Billy first if I can. Billy, hi, how are you? Niall, how are you keeping? Good. Billy, what a shocking 24 hours it's been. Well, in, in work yesterday, Niall, the first thing that I saw was that, that horrific stabbing on Parnell Street. And as, as you said, in broad daylight, children coming out of school and a carer from that school being stabbed. And it doesn't matter where the assailant was from. It was someone who clearly, it doesn't, whoever's there, it, it doesn't matter. He could have been Irish, he could have been from anywhere. He could, he clearly has some mental health issues to have done that. Um, it, it's not something that someone who has any modicum of moral sense or, or, or is, is morally normal would do. Um, to the credit, the Brazilian uh, delivery driver who clocked him with his bike, moped helmet, and apparently went to town on him and I think that is uh, a quite quite a strong and the other woman by the way that was featured in RTE that ran and across the, the road yeah. and the woman who ran across the road and I believe there's an American tourist who, yeah. who blocked them as well you know so two two people not of this country who came to the aid of Irish citizens so let's not let's not forget about them in this story but the reaction to this and I'm not sure I mean, you probably did now go on Twitter and Trending number two in Ireland at the time was Parnell Square, and mm. there there has been in this country for the last number of years a, a low key far right dog whistle that has been going on about every issue. But but um, but, but hold on, Billy. It's okay to have debate. It's okay to it, no. I'm not. I'm it's not, okay. I'm not. Dispute, yeah, I'm, I'm, not I'm not. No. 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 I'm I want. I want to. I want to be clear what we're talking I'm not about dispute, here. 
I'm, I know, and let me let me make my point now, and we'll okay. be very clear. I'm not disputing anyone's political beliefs, but there has been a, 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 a an intensification of of this from certain quarters, and they were on Telegram channels, on Twitter, calling people into the city. And I do believe that maybe they did intend to have a peaceful protest, but the people that they got into the city. They lost control of very quickly. There were certainly some that, that didn't intend that to have a piece of protest. There was one video there, going there around on TikTok. It was on TikTok of some chap calling for everyone to go in and burn the gaff down or burn the place down. So, mm-hmm. so there were I, there were I, those who were intent on causing trouble. The the only word I can use to describe what happened last night is feral. And Absolutely. it's been happening again and again in Dublin, unfortunately, over the last number of years. There was the incident outside the, the restaurant on St. William Street where uh, the waiter got involved with a, a group of youths who attacked him. There's been the American tourist that was assaulted earlier on in, in the city in the year, earlier on in, in August. And then there's been this last month. It's feral. And the last time that we had riots in Dublin was back in 2006 with the with the unionist Love Ulster parade that they tried to put on mm-hmm. down O'Connell Street when O'Connell Street was still under development. I remember that, yeah. And the, and the riots happened at that stage. Um, well, this enough, is the worst. People, this is the worst I've ever a, seen. A lot, a lot of a lot of the people would probably be young enough to be children of people who took part in that riot at the time. Um, but now it's it's a case that it, it this just goes to show that the government and and this government and the successive from 2011 onwards the the, the Finnegale government that has been there since 2011 has failed this country greatly in terms of law and order the, the so-called party of law and order mm-hmm. have underinvested in the police they have under resourced them. Uh, as, as you alluded to there, there is water cannon being brought in from the PSNI because the government has not seen fit to have this this insurance policy of water cannon in case of a riot in this country. So we have to borrow it from the north. This government has not invested in security. If you go to any other European city or European capital, you will see a visible police presence to put this down. And in Dublin, at present, you have this type of feral activity on a daily basis. You have open drug use and open drug dealing in the centre of the city. It is visible, it is disgusting, and it, it's, it's something that has become accepted by the masses. We, we walk by it every day and we have become accepting of it and we are not holding the people who should be doing something about this to account. Stay there for a second. Let me go to Sarah as well. Stay there, Betty. Well said. Thank you most for me. Certainly, I agree with that, nearly all of us. Sarah, go ahead. What do you want to say? Um, yeah, I agree with some of the points that um, that caller has said, but he's not. He's failing to mention what the cause of this riot uh, was, and I believe the cause of the riot um, is because that pe- the people of Ireland feel like they're not being listened to. Um, it's not that they feel like they're not being listened to for a fact. Um, and this is what happens. This is this is the outcome of a couple of years or more of the Irish majority population com- being completely ignored um, in relation to Im- immigration policies. Now, you might think, oh, what's the connection? The connection is that there's so much anger out there around, um, you know, foreign nationals coming in, not, not having any documentation, letting in, etc. We've talked about this several times before on, on the show. So I'm not going to go over it again. But the thing is, if we have gone out and peacefully protested, there has been peaceful protests across the country around immigration. And what good have they done? No good. 
the, the people sorry, of the East Wall started it off. I'm sorry, Sarah, but what, what do Foot Locker and Arnott's and McDonald's have to do, and looting them, have to do with government immigration? Because they're using uh, how, how it as does, an excuse does, to riot. They're does, using that does, as an excuse to riot. The same way now as the government are does, using the rioting does, as an excuse to bring in the hate speech laws and to rush other laws through to make us not be able to have a, a right to speak out anymore. People are afraid to speak out. And this is part of the reason why the population are so angry that it's after bubbling out to this extent. And the, the, riot is the, the riot is the outcome of this anger that has not been addressed by this government. They choose to ignore the people when they come together peacefully to protest. And this is the outcome when they get ignored. It's as simple as that. But you would, but you would accept, sorry, Billy, you would accept, Sarah, that those individuals were there that were there last night, setting fire to buses, guarded cars, attacking the guards, looting, setting fire to the Lewis, which cost the state millions, by the way, in damages uh, last night. You would accept that that's not any political movement of any sort. They're not representative. No, of, and I don't. I don't anybody. condone. I don't condone that behaviour either. But you have to look at the reasons causing this behaviour, and that is what the government have failed to do. They have failed to listen to the people and this kind of anger and frustration uh, is what the outcome is of that. It's as simple as that. So, you know, would but I, should would that, I but be should that ever, But Sarah, I, I'm not having a go and I, I absolutely agree with you. I do believe the, the ministers and the government in general are failing to listen to the people and take seriously what people are the the concerns of the people when it comes to immigration, right? And there is a debate to be had around that and a proper debate without silencing people and just saying, oh, you're far right, piss off. But in saying that, there is no point in that debate or no point in that type of protest where you we reduce ourselves to the behaviour of last night. There is, there is no, no. There's never an excuse for that. No, and, and what, they should, what, what people should have done instead was block the ports off and cause real trouble because they're not being listened to. They're not being listened to. If the East Wall protests and all the protests across the country didn't do anything while they were peacefully protesting, then what is the next step? Well, well I, I would have been all in favour of somebody organising a protest if that's what they wanted to do and walk down O'Connell Street up towards government buildings, 10,000 people. Well, well, the problem is, Sarah, at the moment, and the protests that I have seen, very few people are actually in them because for some reason people don't want to get involved. Now, let's, I'm not saying people don't agree, Sarah, because 76% of the population, according to a Red Sea poll, believe the government are making a mistake when it comes to immigration policy, right? So what I'm saying is it needs to be a better peaceful protest. If that's what people want to do and they're entitled to do that, they're entitled to disagree, there needs to be a better peaceful protest. But I say to you again... Peaceful protests don't work historically. So, what's, so well, then what's the solution then? The only solution that's then is I, the ballot box, isn't it? Well, the ballot box no, is the only solution. No, there is no, there's no such thing anymore because people have lost trust in the ballot box. That's the problem. That is part of this, uh, the reason why people have, um, so, you know, resulted sorry, and resorted to this kind of writing. You know, it's well, okay, well, Billy, I mean, there's an argument and debate to be had because Ireland now 20 percent of our population over the last few years are now non-Irish. This is higher than the UK and higher than the United States. Uh, we're actually we're actually now on par with Sweden. Uh, so a lot of people Niall, said it's 16. happened too quickly, too fast, too many. Niall, it's sixteen percent and eight percent of those are American and British and Canadian. 
so your but, figures no, are a little no, bit off. No, what I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is, I'm only quoting a figure that was quoted on the BBC today, by the way. Yeah, uh, well, well, the figures are wrong. The, okay. the, the, the other, the other thing about that is, eight, eight percent are from maybe Africa, uh, Middle East, Asia, and stuff like that. So it's about eight percent. Okay, but the point is that we've had a huge increase in population in a very short space of time. We have, we, we have, we have the equivalent of a, another in in the last eighteen months, another county. Yeah, um, absolutely. With the influx of so, Ukrainian, so do you take on board what Sarah says? That I, I take, I take on board, and I, and again, I take on board what you said. I do think that there does need to be a reason, a reasoned and reasonable debate on immigration policy within the country. No, 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 no. They won't allow debate. That's the whole problem. Uh, they won't allow Sarah, debate. Sarah, Sarah, hold on a second. It doesn't matter what they allow or not. The point I'm making is I believe there needs to be. People need to be listened to. As Niall yeah, yeah, to, but sure, look, everyone was, is talking a, online about what needs to be done. But the problem is there's, there's nothing being done. There's no action on, on, being taken. And this is why this has occurred. The the trigger was that awful no, event no, with Sarah, the four last, kids. Last, like, that was the trigger. Last, and then last, and then written, all of this anger came spilling out because everybody's looting, talking and nobody's taking action on the government and its policy. and Arnott has nothing to do with three kids and woman being stabbed but outside I school and parents. I didn't say it did. I didn't say it did. I didn't say it did. I, I, okay, I, I want to be fair to both of you, and I, I don't want to condemn what Sarah is saying, although, again, I do agree with Billy in the spec that I don't believe there's any point at any stage in a protest. It's not, it fails to become political uh, when you start, you know, looting Footlock or looting Arnott's and setting fire to buildings. They set fire to a hotel as well, by the way. Um, they set fire to a hotel, the Lewis uh, buses, the Garda cars. You've lost the argument. All they've done to the debate, to Sarah, is damage it and give the government more ammunition uh, to give out about the far right. So, but I will say to you, Sarah, you are, well, hold on, what I am going to say, Sarah, is you are right in the respect of the government have watched this tension rise and it did take something like that to trigger it. Now, to trigger the lunatics, because let's be clear, it didn't trigger normal people to the point that they were willing to get out there and, and have a peaceful protest, but it triggered lunatics because that's all we well, saw now, last it night. Triggered, it triggered normal people to come out as well because a lot, there wasn't all just lunatics out there last night. There was a certain mob of lunatics, yes, that were doing the damage and setting fire and, and harassing police, uh, guards and all that. But there, there, was a couple, there was thousands of people on the street last night and all of them Sarah, are not lunatics. I think you find the vast majority of people were sitting inside, watching their TVs or listening to their radios, listening to reports of what was going on in Dublin. There was plenty of, of normal people that were stuck. Of course the vast majority of people there were at plenty, home. There was plenty of normal people trapped in office blocks as the rioting was going on in Dublin last night and weren't able to get home last night. These, these are the normal people that were affected directly by this riot. And it's, it wasn't a protest, it was a riot. I and didn't like, say it was a protest. I, I'm not condemning. I am not condemning what went on in, in last night in Dublin. You mean you're not condoning it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not condoning it. I think, I, I, yeah, I'm not condoning it. Sorry, I'm, I said the wrong word there. I'm not condoning it, okay? I'm not. But I'm just saying that it's this, the government and its policies and the lack of action on the majority of what the people want to see happening. That's the reason why this occurred. Okay, and you know, Billy, I want to say, just before I come to John, thank you, Sarah. Just before I come to John, Billy, I want to say a classic example of that is only three days ago where the Minister for Integration, Roderick Gorman, 
told the people of Killarney they would be communicated with within 48 hours after they had been protesting over the weekend because so many asylum seekers had come into Killarney and there was more due to come in. And they were protesting mm-hmm. against it. So the Minister of Community, or for the Integration, Roger Gorman, said, OK, no problem. We will have somebody communicate with you in the town hall within the next 48 hours to fill you in. That night, they moved them in again. Now, and that's unfair on people, that's wrong. on that's a community. Not, it's, not, it's not even that it's unfair, Niall. It, it's blatantly wrong. It's blatantly but wrong. But we're seeing this being done all the time. And, 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 I, and in Killarney, Killarney has had a, a large asylum seeker po- population going back to the 1990s. And Kerry has taken in a large share of people over the Absolutely. last 20 Absolutely. With limited resources. You, you, can't, you can't say that, that they haven't been welcoming. You can't say it. And no. I, I, I empathise with the people there. And as I said, there needs to be sensible reasons debate and you know I'm, I, I don't I don't think that you can shout down people as being far right and, and anti anti asylum seeker uh, if they if they want a reasoned immigration policy however you have to accept that there are elements that are far right absolutely it's the same it's the same way that with brexit not not every brexit here was a racist but every racist was a Brexiteer is the, is the adage that's used. Okay, hold on for a second if you can. Billy, stay with me. John, I'm going to be with you now in seven seconds. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. But all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up. But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast. The Niall Boylan Podcast. And... You know, I'm, I'm kind of noticing already where the conversation is going. And I, I opened this conversation today by saying, let's talk about the last 24 hours. And John, I'm going to come to you, but let's talk about the last 24 hours and talk about the fact that at this moment in time, there's a family around a bed somewhere in a hospital in Dublin with a five-year-old child. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the real tragedy here. Unfortunately. Yeah. Am I? Yeah, you're on. Go ahead. Am John. I on, yeah? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, look. When I, I said to the people there after Ashley Murphy when that, that piece of human garbage was sentenced there last week, right? Uh, I said to people, and a lot of people agreed and also had the comment back to me that we all hoped there wouldn't be another Ashley Murphy. But I did say it, and other people said, if there is another Ashley Murphy, all bits are off. It wasn't another Ashley Murphy. It was children. And the minute I listened to Joe Duffy, and when the witness that was on, the lady that was on, the words came out of her mouth, he looked like that he was Eastern European. The minute she said that, I said, Jesus Christ, there'll be mayhem tonight in Dublin. And what happened? Mayhem in Dublin, right? No, the whole thing about it, that the traitorous government that we have and the traitorous opposition, as that lady that has just gone off the phone said there, they're not listening to the Irish people. They're just continually ignoring small little places, even last week down below in, in Tipperary. There's only 1,500 in a small area down there in the village. They put in 400 single men. Nobody is asking the people in the area, and if they do uh, raise their concern, they're put down as bigots and racists and far right. And I'll tell you something, and I hope I am 1 billion percent wrong in what I'm going to say next. But God forbid. If anything happens, that that child passes away. Oh, please don't I, say that, John. What happened? What ha- no, but I don't want that I'm, to happen. And we wish a speedy recovery to all that were of involved course we do. We, Of course we do. But if, if anything happens there at the crash walker, what happened last night would be like a teddy bear's picnic. But John, John, I, I want you, and, and you still haven't done it yet, I want you to condemn the behaviour of people last night. 
but you know, we're looking at what happened there, breaking in and uh, getting tracksuits. So we, I mean, and, and runners and all this shit, all this shit, and burning buses and all. No, 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 nobody can, uh, condones that. But I mean, the thing is that you must ask yourself, how did we get to the stage, like you mean? It got to the stage because a lot of those youths are living in a home and they're listening to parents on continuously about why are all these people coming in, all these documents in the way, they are picking it up, like, and a lot of them went out on the streets last night. And I tell you, they can bring in all the water cannons they like, but if this thing really gets off the ground, like you mean, there'll be no stopping us. Well, that, well, I, well, I would like to think there would be because I think what we saw last night is roughly probably the amount of people who are willing to go out and behave like absolute rags. Because I don't think anybody else... I, I think even people like yourself, people like uh, Sarah that was on a few minutes ago, another caller will be on today, who may have an axe to grind with the government when it comes to immigration policy or whatever policy it happens to be, wouldn't be willing to stand out in the middle of a street, you know, throwing Molotov cocktails at Garda cars. No, no, what should be done? And I'm sure you wouldn't either, John. No, 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 no. There should be a coordinated movement, like, to close down Dalian. When the people went up there a few weeks back there, they were busted out by the public order. But by Christ, the public order had to... No, should, John, if, people have, if people have an issue with government, unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, the way it is, is if you have a problem with a policy of the government, you peacefully protest. That's in the Constitution. You have a constitutional right to do that. There is nowhere <laughs> in the Constitution gives you permission uh, to behave in any criminal manner whatsoever. Nowhere. No, but you can, you no, can see what people like me. We, we, we saw what happened in Capitol Hill over there, right? Well, we saw what I happened mean, here seven years ago with the water protests. So, you know, all these small little protests didn't do any good. Then all of a sudden, one day, 100,000 or whatever people walked down O'Connell Street. The laws were changed you know, overnight. Yeah, do you, do you, do you know... Power in numbers, cannon, John. The same water cannon that they're talking about now coming from the PSNI, they got a loan that at that time, the first major water protest in the Dublin, they had the public order unit lined up and they also had the water cannon to use on water protesters. Like. Well, there was a bit of irony in that, yes. But, but in saying that, John, the point I'm making is when there was a peaceful protest with a decent number of people, they say power in numbers, a peaceful protest... Laws were changed. Government listened. You shouldn't have to go that far, by the way. But you see, the problem is now they're not listening. No, like, and what's the alternative? If you have a bunch I'm just of giving you the alternative. I've just given you the alternative. No, peaceful protest. This, 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 like that. Lady said, "Yeah, like, I mean, look, I mean, they don't seem to be listening to the people, do they?" I, mean, I, I, un- I understand. Opposition. I understand the frustration of some people and the anger of some people who feel the way they do, and that's fine. Everybody has a right to an opinion and a view and to feel a certain way. But I, there is no excuse, none, for what happened last night, John. None. No, but do, do we do, do we just rumble on now to 2025 for the next election with people continuously pouring in, especially the COVID no documentation, and do we get a change of government, or do we, what we get again is Fianna Fáil and more than likely the traitors and Sinn Féin that are going along with everything. Okay, so, well, well, hang on, well, let me go back to Billy. Billy, do you, I mean, again, nobody's condoning what happened last night. I don't believe there's any excuse for what happened last night, no matter how ten- much tensions were flared. And they were just scumbags. But Billy, do you understand the point that people are making that they're not being listened to? Again, John is saying the same thing. I, I, I get, I, I, I understand what he's saying, and you know there there is a political system there. But he he, he made he made a point that we get rid of Dáil Éireann. I want, really want to ask John, and then what? You get rid of the doll, and then what? Who takes over? John? No, I'm, do we get, I, do we I'm get not rid saying, of the whole I, system? 
do we get rid of the judiciary? Do we get rid of the guards? Do we rebuild the state from the ground up? What do we do? No, no, I'm not saying... When we get rid of the Falls in the Gale and the traitors in Sinn Féin, as you put them, what, what, what then? But you see, that, that's the, the problem. There is nothing wrong with, with the doll itself, right, as an entity, right? But it's the people going in there that are supposed to represent you and me and Noel and everybody the else. People, They're taking the people, the people the for granted. listening. The 166 members that go in there have a mandate from the majority of the population in this country. They are given that mandate for a five-year period, and their job they, they interview comes it. up at they latest in 2025. They haven't, they haven't got and we they get haven't got a mandate. They haven't got a mandate from the other people to allow so many people come those, in. Each one they of do. those TDs that is elected no, no. has gone through. But, but okay, but Billy, to, to be fair, no, hang on, Billy. To be fair to John, right? You know, the government waffle on about their popularity polls on a regular basis because that's official. That's Red Sea. There was only a Red oh Sea poll recently that said 76% of people in this country believe they're getting it wrong when it comes to immigration. The but, only, they, but they the don't listen. Poll, but they don't listen. The only poll that matters in this country is the general election every five years, as my grandfather would have said. That the is the, the only point John is making matters. is they know there's an appetite in the country for change when it comes to the way we deal with an immigra- immigration policy. And by Leo Varadkar's own admission... His own admission, we have a capacity, we've reached that capacity, but yet they're still doing it. We have, That's the we point they're making. We likely, we likely have reached that capacity, but as, 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 as you said to John, the only way that this is going to change is with people power, with a reasonable protest, with people going to their TDs, constituency offices, talking to their TDs, writing to their TDs, emailing their TDs, and letting their feelings be known. Okay, I have to go through some of the callers a little bit quicker, I've been told, because there's so many people who want to go on. Belinda, Billy, please stay there too, because I do want to keep balance to the argument. Uh, Belinda, hi, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Belinda, your thoughts on the last 24 hours. Firstly, I hope our thoughts and our prayers are with those who are injured. That's the main thing that I just want to keep saying and reiterating on the show, because that's where this all started. All right, I think it was horrific. Then what happened to those children was absolutely horrific, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Really and truly was. And the riots that followed after was despicable and they don't actually speak for the most of the people in Ireland they don't so I will agree with that what Leo Rutgers says yeah having said that I don't I don't I don't um condone their behavior and I don't understand it either to be honest and you know there's no there was no reason for it I think actually they re- they weakened the debate of um you're right they handed the power back to the government they did Appreciate it. as regards to the debate the people had about the free speech by doing that yeah I mean, they took the power from the people who had, who had the proper argument, who had the genuine argument about these free speech um, laws. Is it yeah. the issue with the free speech? Yeah. They, 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 and, uh, the hate speech laws, yeah. The government. Yeah. Practically on the plate. By, by, by doing what they did, you know. Yeah, so I, will, I wouldn't disagree with you. They don't do the no, because, they're, 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 because the government will now use this politically, and you can see that today already that Leo Varadkar is suggesting oh, yeah, they're going to rush yeah, through yeah, hate speech absolutely. laws now. And in other words, and, yeah. and Billy, I think Belinda makes a really good point. Those morons last night handed the power back to the government when it came to, exactly. say, the hate speech laws and immigration mm-hmm. policy and everything else. There's no, there's no denying that they, they, you know, they, they, they attacked guards and you know they've, they, they, they attacked the fire brigade. They attacked the fire. One of the fire units that responded to the stabbing on Parnell Street was back on duty that night and they attacked them. You know, the, these people, they, yeah. And and she is completely right. The government will try and rush through hate speech laws, not because of what happened last night, but because it was stirred up in places like Telegram and Twitter. And that's where the hate speech laws are going to apply to. 
So they will rush this. Okay, Leo Varadkar said today, I think it's now very obvious to anyone who might have doubted us that our incitement to hatred legislation is just not up to date. It's now up to date, or for the so, or it's not up to date for the social media age, and we need to rush it through. So it will be rushed through. I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with him there. See? I don't think that needs to be rushed through. I don't believe so either. I think that's a I think that's a rash decision. I do believe, by the way, that anybody who puts up on Twitter or social media lets everyone go into town and wreck the place. Uh, you know, I do believe those people should be taken to task. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. And, and I, sorry, do nine, I do. I do agree nine, with that fully. There was calls calls to murder guards on on Telegram last yes. night. Yes. Yeah. The audio's out there. Yeah. You know that that is incitement to violence. It's Absolutely. To murder. Absolutely. And, and, and by the way, can I just point out we already have legislation for that. We have the incitement to hatred laws. If somebody puts up on Twitter or Facebook or any social media application currently at the moment, you know, let's all go kill somebody, let's all go burn something, let's all go get something or whatever it is and incites violence or incites uh, murder or incites, uh, you know, to hurt somebody. There's already laws there. We already have a law Mm -hmm. there. And they can be arrested and charged. Just on on the point of rushing the legislation through, you know and I know and every I hope everyone that's listening realizes that legislation that is rushed is legislation that is flawed, and it, it's it's rushing this through is is wrong. It needs to go through the proper process to be put put in, and it needs to be properly challenged. We can't have a reactionary thing, or we'll end up something with something like the Patriot Act that they had in the U.S. after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll say there. Let me go to Jackie as well. Jackie, hi. How are you? I, I'm good, and, and again, my thoughts and prayers are with all those that were injured, and I have to agree with your last speaker there, the hate speech. This cannot be rushed through. It is flawed, and it is very flawed. Now, I'm just going to go back two years ago. Uh, we brought situation to the Lord Mayor, Alison, at the time in relation to musicians who were going in around Temple Bar area and playing Dublin Centre, that they, they were being attacked and um, hassled going in and out of venues. And then we brought it to the, the mayor, and this two years ago now, and the mayor then got uh, guarded, got all different businesses and put us all around the table and came up with a plan. And for two months, as that plan was, you know, kind of no. put out and, and more guardy were put on the streets, there was less hassle on the streets. So now I'm moving forward. Um, those people that I saw running around the street, that had nothing got to do with the stabbing and what, uh, what went on. It, that was just pure and utter toggery. Now, funny enough, on Wednesday, we were in front of a Rockdust committee and uh, one of the, the um, deputies had asked us, what is the situation now in Dublin City? Do, do people in the music and arts feel safe? you know, performing mm-hmm. in venues. And we said, no, it's not. It's actually gone even back a step. People now that used to hop on a bus and carry their instrument, go to play in a venue, will not do that. They won't hop on a train. They get a taxi because they're afraid of, you know, that that's the way Dublin City is. And the reason is there's not boots on the ground. I mean, if you drive around, and, and I have done around Dublin, and even around the country, I cannot get over the lack of, of Gardy on the streets. I, I cannot understand this, because I remember going back, and I, for my living, that's what I do, I travel all over the country. I used to get stopped, you know, mm-hmm. going over the bridge there in Portumna, 
are, are now yeah. in fairness for him that wouldn't be too bad because every now and then the mice uh, the the sergeant is out in fairness to him but overall in the I do not get stopped I mean, we've seen that when there was a video going around of a fight in uh, O'Connell Street uh, amongst a group of men or wherever they were doing. I don't know who they were. They were all boxing the heads off each other in the middle of O'Connell Street. And people had rang the guard of Shea And 40 minutes later, when the fight was finished and everything, they arrived. That's in the middle of a city. And if you can't, if you can't get a guard in 40 minutes in the middle of a city, you've got a problem. Um, and, you know, Billy, again, this comes back to the simmering pot that we've been talking about from the start of the show. I'm not, again, giving those tow rags an excuse for what they did last night and the millions of euros worth of damage they did that they're going to have to pay for. Well, they won't be paying for it because most of them look like they're all unemployed. But they won't be paying for it. But certainly taxpayers will be paying for it. But it's a simmering pot when you've got problems. And over the last six months, we have talked about, you know, the Minister for Justice failing in her duty to get enough guards on the street. Uh, Drew Harris having a lack of confidence by his own members. Ninety Over 98% of his own members had no confidence in him. And yet he's still in a job. You know, these are all failures by a Minister for Justice and a government. And there, there's no, there's no disputing that now. Like there is, there was a massive lack of police visibility, not only in Dublin but in every major city in the country. If you go to the increase in road traffic deaths, as you've, you've talked about on on the show and on the podcast re- recently, there's there's not enough roads policing. Like this, this is an issue that has been going on since 2011, when they shut down Templemore in the in the height of the recession because they didn't have the money to run it, and they were reaping the rewards of that. You know, if you want, yeah. if you go to, as I said, any other European city, any other city in the world, you go to New York, you've got a police on, a police on every, corner. every corner, walking Absolutely. The street. you've got two of them walking down, you've got patrol cars, you've got dog units. In Dublin, if you are lucky, you probably have a couple of hundred police per shift, and I think they work on a four-shift road or a three-shift road in Dublin. Three you shifts, probably have yeah. about three or four hundred, three or four hundred, uh, you probably have three, three or four hundred police per day covering Dublin, if truth be told, with all that you have on sick leave, on holiday, out on long-term sick leave, injured and that type of thing, if you break it down. And it's, it's a case, how can you police a city of, of, of 1.5 million people with that few resources on the policing side of things? And then if you have people yeah, whose houses are broken into yeah. and it takes two hours for the police to get there, what's the point? Like there, there has been a loss, a, a loss. And we have seen, but we have seen, Billy, you know, and people are going to say, well, we've an increasing population, so you're going to have more crime statistically anyway. But we're seeing an we increase in a, very violent crimes. We haven't had, a, we've had an increase in population. We haven't had a proportionate increase in the number of police to keep, keep absolutely to tie, to tie in. But, 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 but we are seeing an increase in very violent crimes and very violent murders like we've never seen before. I mean, we. Th- th- this is a. I mean, what happened yesterday is the first time I, I believe in Irish history. Uh, well, certainly since I've been alive, anyway, or since records maybe began, me, that something me, like that me, would have happened. Let me, just, let me just let me just turn back on on this a little bit, and not to justify what happened yesterday in any in any way, but in Ireland, it would be true to say that we have been very very lucky. Yes. Over the last twenty or thirty years, it's been a peaceful country. Not have had incidents. To not have had incidents like this, to not have had incidents like the Bataclan that happened in France, to not have had incidents that have happened in, in the likes of Sweden and, and other places, uh, the, the, the shooting on the island in Norway, uh, what was his name, Brevik. Anders you know, Brevik, yeah. We've been, Anders Brevik. We have been very lucky not to have had these incidents happen. 
And when they do happen, I think they shock us more so than they have in other countries because we have been such a peaceful country for such a long period of time. And that, that's something... Sorry, Niall. Factored in. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, sorry, Jackie. Go ahead, Gordon. Yeah, now, I, uh, and again, if you take the amount of stations, police stations that have been closed down all around the countries over the last 15 years, uh, you know, you put that and then, as, as you say, the lack of police and the lack of interest in joining the force, because who would want to go in and get the wages and, and put your life at risk? You know, uh, uh, I, I don't know anyone that would want to do that. I, my son, who's 16, I, I said, would you not like to be, you know, a guard? He says, absolutely not. You, you know, there's no way. Now, the other, the, another thing that we're missing here is, all those images went to right across the world. Absolutely, yeah. Can you imagine the damage that's going to do to tourism and, and the way Ireland is being seen now with those scumbags, what they did? I mean, I, I personally got four or five phone calls in the last 24 hours from different television stations, radio stations. I've, I've appeared on three of them to talk about Dublin and what happened last night. But you know what really hurts me? That they wanted to talk about the riot. That's what they wanted to yeah. talk about. They wanted to talk about yeah. the riot. They didn't want to talk about the tragedy of five people who were badly injured, one who's seriously ill and one who's critically ill. They didn't want to talk about that. That really wasn't no. of too much interest to them. It was the riot, the shame on Dublin, this Ireland, this little peaceful little green country that all of a sudden has erupted into a riot. And, and that's really sad because that's not the way we want our country portrayed around the world. Uh, I gotta stay there for a second. I, I gotta go to Eric in a second. Eric, just before I come to you, just 10 seconds. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. But all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up. But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast, the Niall Boylan Podcast. Uh, let me go to Eric. Eric, hi, how are you? Hey, Niall, how's it going? And thanks for having me on. And mm-hmm. And your reaction, I suppose, to the last 24 hours is just the question I'm asking everybody. Eric, either? Oh, sorry, Eric. I do apologize. Sorry, Eric. I turned you down by mistake. I do apologize. Your reaction to the last twenty-four hours. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, shock. Absolute shock. Because, um, yeah, like I think uh, Billy sort of uh, had alluded to it. You know, this doesn't happen in Ireland. This type of thing. You know. Mm-hmm. And um, to see that happen earlier in the day, and then to see what happened after the reaction to it, uh, is very, very shocking. But. Um, yeah, I just, I just like it's. It, it's. I thought this would have been a time for people to come together, put aside all this political crap, if you don't mind me using that word, and just recognize there's a tragedy out there happening here. Yeah. And yes, there's a time to be angry, and yes, there's a time to share your opinions on what the next step should be. But last night, I went down there with my wife uh, to leave flowers. I couldn't even leave the flowers. Uh, there was nowhere to to have a vigil. And then when we went down to where people were protesting to sort of, you know, get out our disillusionment with how this government is uh, is handling things when it comes to crime, it then just evolved into what we've seen all over the internet and all over TV. It, it was madness, you know, and just a, a really, really black stain on, on the Irish people, I think, unfortunately. You know, and I, and I said to people, you know what I sent out a really strong message last night? 
if thousands of people, if that's the way they felt, that they want to send a message to the government that they're not happy about policing, that they're not happy about certain policies, or they're not happy not being listened to, or whatever it is they're not happy about, if they'd walked down the O'Connell Street, thousands of them together, silently and held a candle, yeah, that, that would have sent a much nicer message and a much better message to the government than what happened last night. Because as numerous callers have said, all that's happened now is the government will weaponize what happened last night. Yeah. And another th- another thing that I kind of, I sent a message to you earlier on today, obviously I don't think the government had prior knowledge to what was going to happen with the attack. And I don't think they anticipated what it descended into last night. But I definitely think whatever Drew Harris and his advisors had planned tactically, um, I, I, I don't know if, if that was by design, but it, it, there's no way with his experience that it should have resulted in what happened last night. Even with the low numbers of police in the force, it, there's just like, it, listen, when Leinster, Leinster House, when people were protesting outside there a few months ago and things got a bit rowdy, they had barricades up right away. There was always the possibility of what happening, what happened last night happening. And they should have been better prepared. They had five hours to prepare after the incident. They had enough police in there. There were squad cars going in and out of the city all day, but there was no barricades to block off the main points of where people could have come in and start riding. Um, and, and there should have been, as you said, there should have been some, they should have appealed to the sensitivities of people like, yeah, you're mad, but let's, let's respect what's happened here today. Let's respect the victims of this attack. And that just wasn't facilitated last night. Um, you are right. And that was put to the Minister for Justice last night on prime time, why they weren't better prepared, that they must have known something like that. The outcome of yesterday's tragedy, of course, they must have known something like that was probably going to happen with those in society who are intent on causing trouble. And they weren't prepared for it. Stay, actually, Eric, stay with me just for a second, because I want to go to Louise, because I know she can't wait for too long. Sorry, Louise, sure. I've kept you for so long. But stay with me, Eric. Louise, go ahead. How are you, Niall? I'm Sorry, good. I'm just probably hear my kids there in the background and um, no I just want to say I don't know if you're aware now fair play to the foreign lads um, with the, the Uber driver but I can't understand why um, a GoFundMe has been set up for him and not the Irish gentleman who actually intervened first his name is Wayne mm-hmm. and basically um, I uh, his wife has put this on Facebook I'm sick of seeing stories about the hero my husband was the first person uh, there, he struggled and got the knife off the man. Then, then the man on the bike grabbed the knife and ran across the road with it. My poor kids are traumatised, as is Warren. Warren is the gentleman that was forced on the scene. His wife is after posting a picture of the jumper Warren was wearing, and it's cut to shreds. I mean, and, and your husband, your husband, second, Louise, your husband was there when it happened. No, no, he wasn't there. Her okay. husband. Oh, her husband. Lady's husband. Yeah. Was an Irish man. I got that. He said yours. on the scene. Yeah. Not the gentleman, not the Uber gentleman. You know what I mean? I, 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 no, and look, you know, fair play to anybody, including, by the way, uh, sadly, the, the crash worker who obviously was there at the time and tried to protect the children and her, she ended up in hospital because of it. Of course, she's yes. also a hero. Well, can I ask, sorry, excuse me, can I ask why a GoFundMe has been set up for the Brazilian man? I, I don't think a GoFundMe for anybody is necessary, but it's not after being set up for the Irish man. Okay, well, well, Louise, the one I would say to you, well, Louise, I, I, I recognise yeah. what you're saying. And I understand the point you're making, right? And I do believe the Uber driver, by the way, the Uber bike fella, the, the guy that was yeah. delivering or delivery or whatever he was. Um, I do believe, by the way, that he deserves recognition for a heroic act because without him, there, there would well, have been more damage. But, but Louise, Louise, I'm coming to that. 
if an Irishman, yeah. I wasn't aware of that, but if an Irishman was also involved in, you know, stopping more people being hurt or or stabbed or yeah, injured. He was the first one on the scene. Absolutely. The media, well, then, well, then, Louise, you, why yeah, don't you set up a phone, GoFundMe for him? I'm, and I'm not being smart. I'm genuine. Why don't you set I'm it up? Genuinely, yeah, I'd have no problem doing that. I'd prefer to set a GoFundMe up for the parents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they work for months. I mean, Leo Bradcar put a message on his Twitter yesterday wishing everybody in America a happy Thanksgiving. I know you, it's, it's a good thing you're not allowed bad language on the air because I, I, I need to tell you what, what me and half of the population think of that man. And there was a lot of peace from what I seen yesterday. There was some element of peace there. There was an elderly man, 70 years of age, saying, I come out here and I protest in peace. You know, there were uh, okay. the, Louise. There were people who went into town for a peaceful protest. Yeah. There were, yeah. But were. and I would imagine the majority of those people, if they were intelligent enough, probably would have decided, like Eric, uh, once that yeah. trouble started, they would have left and gone home. Well, did you ever hear the term "order out of chaos"? Did I have. The, yeah, and that's the way I feel that that it's going. The government are going to spin this in their own way to have this hate legislation brought in where. I, I can't, if you tell me you identify as a woman and I say, no, you don't, you're a man, I, I can be put in jail. Well, I, I wouldn't like to see legislation dictating what people can and can't say uh, to some degree, to be honest with you, Louise, because I would be absolutely against the current hate legislation or the model that they have at the moment. But in relation to what happened last night after the tragedy of yes. yesterday afternoon, do you condemn that violence? Because I don't like violence in any shape or form, so I don't. I think all the energy should be put on the citizens of Ireland doing what they can to get these men out of our country, to keep our children safe. Me, like every mother on the planet, was terrified sending their child to school this morning. Everybody was, we were terrified. I have a five-year-old, the same age as that little girl that was stabbed. And I was, I was terrified. He was a few minutes late coming home from school on his bus, on his transport. And I mean, like, I, I panicked a little bit. You know, well, I as you would as a parent, because any parents yeah. hearing that yesterday would be terrified because yeah. we've never seen anything like that happening in this country before. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. But I mean, this is the result of letting unvetted men into this country. It's, that it's, but hang on, hang on. It's not, but, but hang on. It's, yeah. not, it's not only the result of that, Louise, because there are tens of thousands, as you say, unvetted men in the country. Yeah. This, they don't yeah. all go around stabbing people in the middle of the day. This, I, I can't obviously comment on the individual that's being arrested uh, because obviously that's part of an ongoing investigation. But it doesn't, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that somebody who does something like that is clearly not mentally well. Clearly not, or maybe just pure evil. Well, one or the other. One or the other. So, yeah. But unfortunately, it is what it is and it has happened. And hopefully all we can do is wish those who are really badly injured, uh, that particularly that young five-year-old child and the crash worker who's seriously injured in hospital, that they make a full recovery. But in the interim, Louise, I do believe there's a place for debate. I do believe there's a place for peaceful protest. But I don't believe there's a place for the behaviour of people in town last night. I think people seem to forget that. Brad Carmi, Martin and Shane Fain, as they're now known, they work for us. We don't work for them. The time has come, in my, in my humble opinion, people need to gather peacefully and say, get out, you are, you are fired, or whatever the equivalent is. I'm not very familiar with um, the legislation surrounding the constitution of getting rid of the government, of throwing the, overthrowing the government. But surely there has to be something. Well, the only no, way the only way that will happen happen is if an opposition party has a vote of no confidence in the government. Well, you, unfortunately, so, you and me yeah. can do very little about it. Yeah, well, something has to be done because we've been let down time and time again. 
you know, and I, you know, I'm I'm quite a conservative woman. I don't I don't uh, do the whole feminist thing, but uh, women as a woman, I, I I don't really feel safe walking the streets anymore. Certainly don't feel safe when my children are autistic; they won't go out to play. But if my children were neurotypical, I, I wouldn't be comfortable with them going out to play. Okay, Louise, th- listen, Louise, thank you very much indeed for your comments and I really appreciate them. Sorry, Eric, just to come back to you because I cut you a little bit short just before I want to go to Adam as well and Ibrahim. But Eric, you you were there. Louise talked about people who went in to protest last night, that there were some genuine people who went in to protest last night. Did you see many of that or do you think from the atmosphere that you felt when you went in to, to leave the flowers in uh, at the site of the tragedy, do you think that a lot of those people were there with the intent of causing trouble? Um... A lot. Not, not, look, I, I thought you were going to ask, was there a lot of people there intended on being there peacefully? And I, I did feel there was, but very quickly. I mean, I went down there around half six and then coming closer to seven, which was the time that a lot of people on social media were saying to be there, you could feel the gurriers were starting to gather around everyone. And it was local people from the area. I don't mean local, I don't mean the people from the, the area, the local people were gurriers. I mean, it was people from the area that had been there all day that had been you know, seeing all this stuff happen, they were there obviously just, you know, to be there for support and to protest, if you will. But then very quickly then you could see all the fellas in tracksuits starting to come in then. And before you know it then, there was a couple of pushes against the barriers uh, with the guards in the riot gear. And then next thing you know, I think the guard car came in from Parnell Street and that's when they all started pushing against that. And there was a bin set on fire that was pushed up from what I've seen. I couldn't see that from where it was, but uh, it makes sense what happened after that. And next thing you know, the fireworks start going off. They start going down towards uh, Fibber McGee's and leading Trump stuff at the guard of car and then set it on fire. And it just it just devolved from there. But anyone that was there, let's say, to peacefully protest, they very quickly decided, let's get the fuck, excuse me, let's get the hell out of here because... Yeah. Uh, as, as you did, yeah, as you did, yeah. Yeah. yeah but but, but I noticed about all these individuals, they're clearly their intent on starting trouble because the individuals that caused the trouble, most of them were wearing balaclavas or scarves around their faces. So you, you just knew yeah, well, from that they were there to cause trouble. I had, I, I, you know what I thought it was initially? I thought that the likes of the uh, Antifa crowd, I thought they were at that coming from Parnell Street because I was walking down near Hardwick Street and I seen some fella dressed in kind of... Uh, hipster clubber, if you will. He was all dressed very much like a hipster with a balaclava on. He didn't look like one of the lads that was down at the riot earlier, later on. He didn't have like a Nike tracksuit on. He was dressed like a hipster. So I don't know if there was provocateurs there, but um, it, it definitely, it, you could see very, very quickly that the trouble was going to start brewing. Stay there. Well, well, hang on. Stay there if you can, Eric. And Ibrahim, I'll be with you in a second. And Breed, just let me go to Adam. If so many people want to come on and talk about it. Adam, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. How are things? Adam, so just in relation to the last 24 hours in general, what, what's your view or, yeah. or how are you feeling about it? Uh, I'm, I'm, first of all, uh, I'm absolutely devastated for those families. Um, children is, is, is where I draw the line in anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody should, should ever harm a child in no, any way. Most vulnerable in society. Um, yeah. yeah, and, and I will say, um, I, I, I don't buy the narrative from the Gardaí um, that instantly it came out saying this isn't terror related. Um, I think no matter what race, religion, t- gender, sexuality, anything, if you go out with the intent to harm a child, you shouldn't be called anything but a terrorist. Particularly if and, it's multiple children that he wants to harm, obviously. Yeah. 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 And it, it, 
it was a disgusting, disgusting crime, and no one, no one is debating that whatsoever. But you know what was, but, you know what was actually quite upsetting. RTE ran the story, and and we knew about the story. It was just after the podcast finished yesterday. Uh, we knew about the story very quickly, right? Because it was, went around the media circles very, very quickly, right? And you know, and the details of it, more or less. RTE ran it as a public order incident. I couldn't, but I saw the headline: a public order incident. I mean, yeah. that that kind of thing makes you think two people had a fight. RT RT handled the situation yesterday absolutely horrendously. I mean, even like we we saw in, in my lifetime the worst riots that I've ever seen in Dublin, and RT were running Fair City at eight o'clock. Like, yeah, that was that was, that's a joke from RT. You know, like or it, it's it's a disgrace that we had to turn to British media to get news yeah. on what was happening in the capital city of the country. That's a joke. Yeah. Um, and RT really need to review what, what needs to happen when there is a What the priorities are. Event. Yes. Yeah. Um, in the country, because everyone wanted to know what was happening in the city. Myself, I was, I was in the heart of it. Um, I was stranded in an office building yesterday. Um, I, I didn't get home until half ten from work uh, because there was, uh, there was riders on our street and we were, it was, it was absolutely petrifying. Yeah, and you're right about the priorities. That's why we're doing this podcast, which we normally don't do a podcast on a Friday, but that's why I'm doing it today, because I want people to have, to, you know, vent their spleen, so to speak, uh, yeah. and have their views. But, okay, we all know what happened yesterday and how tragic that was. And again, once again, I'm going to keep reiterating, and I wish those people a speedy recovery. And I do hope, because as we speak, yeah. there's a young child lying in a bed with her family around them, hoping for the best. That, that child is critical. Yeah. And we hope they, they pull through, and we hope they have a full recovery, including the crash worker and the other three people that were injured as well. Um, but yeah. what happened afterwards? And Eric said he went down to bring flowers down, to place flowers. And yes, he said, I wanted to be part of a peaceful protest. Uh, and that, and yeah. he's quite entitled to do that. And he left, obviously, at just when the trouble all started because he didn't want to be part of that. What happened yeah. afterwards, Adam? <laughs> There's a bit of a continuing trend with what happens um, when the anti-immigration lock kind of uh, seemed to band together. I mean, we saw it at Leinster House. We've now seen it again yesterday evening. It seems that, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of violence linked to the anti-immigration. Um, I think there are individuals within within the movement who are violent, but I've I've seen peaceful protests too. Many of them, particularly say East Wall, yeah. I mean they've had nothing but peaceful protests. So I, I think it, I think it's wrong to tar them all with the same brush, so to speak. But I'm yes, not, I would I'm agree with you. There is an element. There is an element. There is absolutely an element within that um, movement. It needs, for me, uh, I like, and I'm completely of the point that the Justice Minister needs to go. But I think I'm coming at it from a very, yeah. very different angle from, from where probably a lot of listeners would be coming from. The Justice Minister needs to go because we were told for the longest time that the far right aren't a threat in Ireland. And what we've seen last night is that the far right are a threat in Ireland. They are a very credible threat. The far right but Adam, I don't believe they were far right. See, see those I clowns that were there last night? They were just scumbags. Niall, 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 how can you say that somebody in a group chat saying that we need to go around and kill any foreigner we see is not far right? That's he, far he's a, absolutely That's extreme right wing scumbag. Absolutely. Right. I would agree with you. Yeah. But there are, but there are people who are right of centre, if that's what the word you want to use, who have a... I'm right of centre. Yeah, Eric is right of centre, there you go. Who are right of centre, who are not scumbags, who are not going to burn cars, who are not going to set fire to Lewis's or, or raid or loot the footlocker or whatever it is. Look, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem with people who are right wing. I have a problem with people who are on the far right. That's, that, like, and that's where I... Like, look, 
if you want to be a conservative, you know, be my guest. And like, as you know yourself, now, we've talked a good few times. I'm very liberal. Yeah. Like, and, and, I'm a con- and I'm happy to be a conservative. Yeah, and we're, we'll, we'll disagree on matters, but we can do it civilly. But yeah. the, the far right in this country has, has, has now proven time and time again that they do resort to violence. They resorted to violence when there was, you know, when, when there was stuff going on within the libraries. They resorted to violence multiple times at, at anti-immigration stuff. I've and also seen far left that. resort to violence, by the way, in the world. Yeah, they have. Antifa has. Yeah, um, I don't absolutely. Think, Black, I don't Lives Matter, don't Black Lives Matter has resorted to violence on many occasions. Yeah. And what I, what I will say is this, right? I think this, this whole narrative, though, of, you know, it, it, burning that hotel was a racially motivated Absolutely. That was, that was a hotel yeah. that was housing migrants. Absolutely. And that was... And that was that a... Was de- and by the way, I, I do hope the guy... I hope there's CCTV cameras. I hope they at least pick up some of their faces. And I hope every one of them go to jail with intent to kill. Yeah. And for me, what, what really kind of... What's been, what's been bothering me about... Um, I, I know that the, the caller said before, you know, it's, it's because we let all these unvetted men into the country. Now, if we are to believe some of the reports that have come out about the gentleman... Um, that he is the citizen. I, I don't he want to, you, no, do me a favour, don't talk about the individual responsible because okay. it's a okay. part of an ongoing okay. investigation, so we can't really do that. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. But, you know, it's, that, that narrative is, is, is not, you know, we can't just instantly, okay, how, we can't just instantly presume unvetted. Do you know what I mean? No, I know. That, this is, this is, but I, know, I, I think, I think where the tide, with where the tide turned, Adam, where the tide turned yesterday afternoon, was at the press conference given by Angarda Shea where the guards were asked at least three occasions by three different members of the press, was the assailant or the perpetrator Irish or an Irish national? And they refused to answer. That was enough for the head cases of this world to want to wreck the place. Yeah. And, and yeah. if that could have been handled so much better. And because the podcast is so long today, if you want to hear the rest of this podcast, go back to the website and just look for part two, which will be just underneath it. This is part one. It's over an hour long, but part two is exactly the same. So we've broken it up into two parts just to make it easier for you. So please go to part two to hear the rest of this podcast. Thanks. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 85 100 The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.